Under the microscope on Metro FM Talk. Thirteen minutes it is before the uh, top of the hour, and uh, join me in welcoming uh, Yamgela Spengane on the line. Yamgela, good evening to you, my brother. Compliments of the new year, Gunjan. Uh, good evening, Aya. Good evening to the listeners at home as well. Compliments, sir. I'm well, thanks, and how are you? I can't complain, my brother. Can't complain. What's, what's this happening? And I want us maybe to discuss some of these issues in turn. Let's maybe start off uh, for some of our listeners who might not be familiar with the context here. What happened that contributed to uh, you know, Huawei being persona non grata or unwanted in the United States? So this uh, persona non grata status that Huawei has earned itself begins with uh, the current administration in, in the USA saying that uh, reports have come in from their intelligence services that Huawei might be using its telecommunication equipment to tap information uh, of uh, users of uh, communications network back uh, in a sort of spying mechanism for the Chinese government. That means our voice communications, our internet communications uh, are then being recorded somehow mm. and kept for the Chinese government. And so, uh, as of that, they then issued an, a warrant of arrest for Huawei, Huawei officials and arrested the CFO in Canada uh, about a year, a year or so ago, just a little over a year ago, uh, which uh, then sparked that whole trade ban to say. American companies cannot trade with Huawei. It lost its Google license. It lost its Microsoft license uh, and a few other modem providers for its uh, system on chips and other silicon equipment were lost. Uh, And we know that they were then returned uh, intermittently with Microsoft. They were given like three months. Uh, renewable licenses that had to be renewed on a three-month basis, uh, with the exception of Google right now, because they don't have access to Google. And that means that every flagship that has come out from Huawei as of September 2019 has come out without access to Google applications, your Gmail, Google Maps, uh, Google Drive, Google Play Store, and other Google Suite products that are used by normal Android users. And that's where the, the that's the nutshell of where the crisis started and where it is currently. Mm. Talk to me about, uh, I guess, some of the, you know, collaboration historically when it comes to intelligence work uh, between, you know, the United Kingdom and uh, the U.S. and how this decision now by Boris Johnson to, uh, you know, give some way for Huawei to be involved in the rollout of fifth generation networks there might mean for that collaborative partnership? We know that uh, historically we have uh, a, a deep-seated collaboration in not only intelligence between the U.S. Uh, and the U.K., but in, in terms of military intelligence as well, uh, and within the, the entire NATO framework uh, that has always been about them sharing information about how to combat threat and terrorism. So Scotland Yard, uh, MI6 have always been working with the agencies, their sister agencies across the board. It, it's a very uh, tightly knit uh, intelligence framework that is there in between the countries. But we also know that this Huawei thing, more than an intelligence thing, it's an economic thing. Mm. Uh, it's more than just uh, intelligence. It's about uh, economics and who's going to get first in the 5G ball. 
Uh, and so if if uh, you don't get first in the 5G ball, that latency, uh, that delay in rolling out the correct infrastructure might mean a lot of billions of dollars that are lost in the economy in the time that you are latent to be able to facilitate new coming technologies that are going to be heading uh, on the back of 5G technology. I'm talking uh, automobiles that are going to be uh, autonomous and controlled from a, 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 a central system. I'm talking about uh, automated fixed wireless uh, and other technologies that are going to be used in the business environment, telehealth, uh, and many things that are going to be ushered in by the wave of 5G that many developed nations know that they need to be on the ball first. And I think that Boris Johnson and the UK Parliament understood that Huawei's technologies are currently leading uh, as opposed to the two other big competitors in the form of Nokia from, from Finland and Ericsson from Sweden. And so they had to have some form of assurance that they would get those leading technologies and not completely shut off an opportunity to be a leader uh, in, in, in 5G technology because they know that they were late in terms of adopting 4G like South Africa mm. and it, it had a bit of a niggle with their economic issues. Yeah. And Yamkel, and, I mean, how much, how much of the charge sheet here, or the rap sheet that, uh, you know, is being leveled against Huawei is true? I mean, some of the things that are being said here uh, around the close links between you know, some of the leaders within Huawei and the uh, Chinese Communist Party, I mean, founder Ren Zhengfei certainly doesn't deny his own history with the People's Liberation Army there in China. Uh, but also this idea of, you know, um, uh, you know, are the no-spy agreements that they go into with many other sovereign countries enough to assure those countries that, you know, they're not being spied on here by uh, uh, the uh, Russian government or the Communist Party, or sorry, the Chinese government, I should rather say, or the Communist Party? Well, the charge sheet cannot be verified to be true unless someone comes and says, hey, we found something here that is taking the, the, that is taking information through a back door to an unknown location. Mm-hmm. Uh, internet traffic uh, is something that is very traceable. You can see when the, if, if, if you've got proper security uh, engineers who are there who can deal with your cyber security issues, whatever systems you've installed in your networks, you can be able to trace if there are back doors or traffic that is leaking, that is not going in the places that it's due. So it, it, it then becomes a matter of uh, whoever wants to point fingers at Huawei to say, okay, uh, we've found that this and this is taking information to an unknown location in Beijing or Shanghai or Shenzhen or wherever else that they want to accuse Huawei. But if you are pointing fingers and say they might, uh, it becomes very difficult to say that these charges are actually uh, holding water because uh, the president of Huawei actually came and said, "Oh, you can, you can, you can take our equipment. You can, you can check it out. You can, you can take it to whatever test you want to, and we are more than happy with that. And if if you want to buy it from us, you'll of course have to pay, but you can buy it from us as well and, and be free to do whatever you do with the intellectual property." So he's been very transparent in that regard. Uh, so we, 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 we cannot quite say that Huawei has been caught guilty in doing anything. And until such time, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt to say they haven't been caught in the wrong and they are available in many parts of the world, including in South Africa, where they've launched uh, 5G technology with RAIN, one of the mobile network operators in South Africa. They, 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 they are... They are are also contracted to the likes of Telcom Mobile, Vodacom, MTN. So they do significant work in our country as well and in many other parts of the world 
including the, uh, the European Union, which historically would uh, pact with the likes of Ericsson and, and Nokia. So they, they, they've shown their metal in terms of the quality of the work they, they produce. And until such time someone comes and shows uh, smoking gun evidence, I, I don't know if we should really be chastising them on the basis of hearsay. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the other thing, Yamgela, is, you know, if hypothetically a certain country wanted to roll out 5G, could they do it without Huawei? Hypothetically, they can. Uh, it, it, it then becomes a matter of cost. Uh, it then becomes a matter of the quality of 5G network that they're going to, that they're going to roll out in the country because the standards that... Uh, are going to be for 5G are standardized. Uh, 3, 3GGP, uh, 3GPP actually is, standard, is, a, is a body that standardizes cellular network communications and the standards are set. And then uh, network, network uh, creators like Huawei, Ericsson, uh, and Nokia then comply with those standards, but they also augment it with certain technologies that enhance those standards to the highest level possible. And many in the industry have said that Currently, Huawei offers the best value for money in terms of rolling out 5G network and 4G network. That means they are ridiculously cheap and they offer you quality as well that you'd expect to receive from your Nokia and from your, from your Ericsson. So it, it makes good business sense for anyone. And they've got leading 5G technology. The other thing is that they've invested a lot of research in bettering the technology and bettering uh, what they bring to the table for uh, the, the, the network operators to be able to leverage on in, in their connected system. They, they, they do a turnkey uh, value chain in terms of the network operators, and that's why many network operators have defaulted to Huawei because they offer you data center technology. They offer you uh, end-to-end in terms of the modems that will be used by the clientele, mm-hmm. the modems that will be used in the mass. And, 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 and everything else in between in terms of the fiber cables and whatever else. So they, they really worked into creating themselves as a value proposition uh, to, to the network operators. And so many in the world then decided to go along with them uh, and the other businesses that are competitors suffered as a result. Yeah, yeah. And then South Africa? I mean, we heard, you know... Uh Cyril Ramaphosa, I think a few months ago, indicating that uh, but I mean, I think for where we are now with the delays in our own migration from analog to digital um, and I guess uh, the possibilities that fifth generation presents for us um, as we try and, I guess, respond to the structural and technological change that's happening in key sectors. What, what does this all mean for South Africa? Well, we, we, as of today, we can say that there are points in the country uh, where 5G is already live. Like I, I mentioned, that rain has launched certain spots for themselves where uh, 5G is actually live. In part, they are in partnership with Huawei. Huawei is a service provider of rain in terms of 5G technology. So as I'm speaking to you on the phone right now, there are places in the country where you can access 5G technology. Uh, and therefore... The, the, the issue now becomes mass rollout, and that's where the migration from analog to digital uh, means in terms of freeing up the spectrum. But it also brings uh, issues uh, alongside the competition uh, problem that we have where answers like the, 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 the war and or the wholesale access uh, 
uh, spectrum network mm. uh, that then comes into play to say who's going to have uh, access and control over the spectrum where 5G is going to play. Is it going to still be a duopoly type situation or is it going to allow other players or is the government now going to have to take a look at uh, this spectrum issue from another angle of saying that uh, spectrum is not just uh, about 5G, but it's something that can be weaponized, something mm-hmm. like minerals. It's something, therefore, that can be a state asset that is leased out as opposed just to be sold by the to the highest bidder who has money at that particular moment. So the politics around 5G also speak to deeper politics that we should look at to mm-hmm. in terms of the telecommunication sector competition issues that are existing within that particular sure, sector. Sure. But Otherwise, we are in line to being in, in 5G because, as I'm, I'm, I've already mentioned, we do have live 5G sites already and others that are coming in uh, almost on a weekly mm. basis as, as different masks are being com- are completed by these uh, uh, telecommunications companies that we have in the country. Okay. Fortune, as you share up above. Really, 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 thank you, thank so you uh, for your time there. That there was Yamkela Spengani. Uh, he's a technology researcher speaking to us this evening here on uh, Metro FM Talk about the politics behind 5G and uh, certainly uh, a very poignant point that he ends on there that uh, much of the politics of 5G really mirror uh, much of the contests around uh, market structure in the telecoms industry. And I would also venture to add that uh, it also uh, interfaces with many of the growing uh, issues around national security in uh, many of these uh, nations and uh, continues, of course, to add uh, to uh, the uh, use of the U.S. of intellectual property and, of course, uh, strides in that regard as a bargaining chip in uh, many of the contests that they're having with uh, some of the major superpowers. We're going to have to leave it there uh, this evening here on uh, Metro FM Talk.